Taste Buds, today's thoroughly Thanksgiving edition of House of Carbs, brought to us by our friends at Paradise Coast, Florida. Get a taste of paradise when you visit Naples, Marco Island, and the Everglades on Florida's Paradise Coast, known for white sand beaches, luxurious hotels in the world, famous Everglades National Park, Florida's Paradise Coast is also one of the top dining destinations in the United States. Discover the citrus spiked dishes, artisan cocktails, craft breweries, traditional southern comfort foods, and more that make Florida's Paradise Coast a must-travel location for any serious foodie. I am a non-serious foodie, but I can tell you, having been down in Naples, there is outstanding seafood, and it's a great time of year from December all the way up into March to get down there and have some beautiful seafood caught that day. Learn more at dineinparadise.com. D-I-N-E-I-N-P-A-R-A-D-I-S-E.com. Hungry Homies Today's show also brought to us by Aria Resort and Casino. There is the Vegas that you're used to, and then there's Aria Resort and Casino. Aria embodies distinction. From technology-advanced rooms to signature moments in the Aria Sky Suites and Aria Tower Suites, located in the center of the Las Vegas Strip, Aria offers illuminating experiences with their award-winning accommodations, best-in-class amenities, and unique tableside dining unlike anything you've experienced. Visit Aria.com to see how they Vegas. Taste buds by hungry homies, by culinary comrades. What a time to be alive. It is the greatest holiday in the history of humankind. Of course, I'm talking about Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving week, and we have an all-Thanksgiving-focused house of carbs for you. What a beautiful time to check out a few Thanksgiving-focused stories to flavor your drive, your travels, wherever you may be headed, you want to listen to this pod, get yourself ready for what that Thursday table is going to look like. The Chief Craig Gaines is here with us. We have some outstanding Thanksgiving stories to cover with you. And then out of nowhere, Andrew Knowlton, actually straight out of Texas, is here to open up your mind to a different kind of Thanksgiving tradition. He's a transplanted Texan, and he's found for himself the Thanksgiving tradition down in Texas that is unlike anything that I've ever heard of, and maybe unlike anything you've ever heard of, unless you're from Texas. My hungry homies, let's get in that belly with the chief, Craig Gaines. All right, my hungry homies, here we are on the eve of the greatest holiday invented by humankind. There's only one way to prepare ourselves properly for the week to come, and that is with a Thanksgiving-focused bit of food news with none other than the chief. 
Craig Gaze, how are you, buddy? House, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. There's turkey on the horizon. We're talking food news. Um, it, it, this really is just, if you care at all about putting food in your mouth, this is the time of year for you. I'm glad you mentioned turkey on the horizon, Chief, because I feel like we're at a moment. We're going to get to some, some delicious Thanksgiving stories, I know, but we're, we're also at this moment now where from a lot of different quarters, um, there is an argument to either supplement turkey as the protein at the table or cancel turkey altogether. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a view on on this uh, controversial? Maybe it's not controversial. But it feels controversial to me. Mm-hmm. What place does turkey have on your table? I have two answers. One, turkey is the dish that I probably care least about on the table. It's, it, it, it's all about the sides for me. I'm from the Midwest. I basically am a, a human carbohydrate. So, you know, it, it, if you're talking to me about Thanksgiving, I'm first thinking stuffing, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, green bean casserole, gravy, 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 gravy. Um, and then the turkey is the centerpiece for that, but it's sort of like it's the donut hole. It's the eye of the hurricane. It's the thing that holds it all together, but it's the thing that I probably um, am the least passionate about. That said, I am something of a Thanksgiving traditionalist, so I think that I would be pretty bummed out if turkey were gone from the table altogether. But I'm not opposed to accentuating the turkey. Uh, if you're talking about like, uh, like a pork roast, I, I love pork. It's, it's kind of amazing that pig actually like doesn't figure that, that much into Thanksgiving. It's pretty amazing. Well, I, I think and I'm, I'm finding this, uh, in other traditions and through the exploration of this, this topic. And, and we're going to go through this topic, uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think I'm, I'm going to join, the podfather himself, Bill Simmons, tomorrow. We're talking a little bit about Thanksgiving foods. Uh, today's guest, there has a very, he's, he's Texas-centric. He has a very uh, pointed perspective. I'm finding that, that a lot of traditions have other proteins and that this has been the case for a while. Um, funny that you mentioned pork. Uh, the, there is ham that shows up on a lot of folks tables. Sure. And, and that certainly makes sense as you think about the, the post Thanksgiving food weekend, Mm -hmm. which is really an elemental, uh, part of the entire Thanksgiving experience. It's, Mm -hmm. it's everything that follows after that first meal. It's the, it's the, it's the 10th meal. If you have to go along with what I regard as a pretty kind of neutral protein turkey. And it's a wonderful conduit, I think, for, for delivering, the for, for uh, taking on the flavor profile of all of the accompaniments and that flexibility. That's the genius. To, to me, exactly. But if you're having a sandwich and you want uh, on Sunday to add something, you know, with kind of a, a bit of a smokier kind of profile, something with a little fatty to it, and maybe by that point, all you've eaten all of the dark meat from the turkey that you saved. Why not a turkey and ham sandwich on Sunday? Right? There's no conceivable reason why not. Um, I, I'm actually glad that you brought up ham um, because as I was walking over to the studio, I was thinking about you know the I, I spent a few years in Virginia myself after after college, and uh, it was actually in Southwest Virginia, where as you know, there are certain parts of Virginia that care 
very deeply about their ham. Yes. They, they care about their ham the way that like a master sommelier cares about wine. They can talk about ham and pick up flavor notes within ham that I didn't even know existed. Uh, and w- one, of the, one of my favorite parts about like holiday potluck times when I was living in Virginia was uh, the ham biscuit. Are you familiar with the ham? Oh my God! I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm so proximate to Virginia. All yeah. I have to do is swim across the river, and I'm right, there. Right, right. And it's it's just this genius little buttermilk biscuit sliced down the middle with a few very thin slices of ham, and it's just amazing how about five different people will bring ham biscuit to a potluck, and they will talk about like just the like the how they approached the construction of the of of the ham biscuit how they made the biscuit how they selected the ham for seemingly hours and um it it's 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 fantastic and that just ties into how like uh ham is definitely something that could easily sit right side by side with turkey on a thanksgiving meal i mean just think about the visual it's gorgeous you have this Absolutely. like brown kind of streamlined turkey and then you have this sort of like a uh, red sort of uh, oblong ham I, I i think that those two things actually go together just perfectly i totally agree it, not in addition to the the color palette what what it represents in terms of contrasting flavor i do want to uh well let, let's reserve a time to go deep on the Virginia ham biscuit because yes, yes. It, it, in in the way that you just described you're absolutely right i think it's it's the case that in different portions of virginia there's a different kind of approach like there's all kinds of strategies and techniques for the preparation of the biscuit mm-hmm. and how important the biscuit mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. and and then the the ham flavor profile like we need to do a ham biscuit uh, iteration of, of house of carbs i'm i'm, so, I'm so there for it i'm there for it thank you for for walking us up, uh, up to that today are there some stories that caught your eye as this uh, holiday, this glorious, great holiday approaches? There are not just some stories. There are quite a few, probably more than we'll even have time for. But uh, look, this is Thanksgiving, right? It's all about plenty and more. So we're just going to uh, get get right to it. And we're and, and thankful. We're thankful. We're, we're, thankful, we're so for thankful for plenty and more. We're grateful for uh, the internet and all of humankind to have all of these great stories here available for us on the on the eve of, of this great holiday. So Absolutely. please, Chief, take it away, please. Let's dive in. Um, all right, House, um, we have so much to get into. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about, uh, there. I've been introduced to a website called housemethod.com. They oh. have a piece entitled, The Most Popular Thanksgiving Recipe by State. Uh, They looked at uh, some Google Trends. They put together uh, a very handsome-looking map. And what they did was, uh, state-by-state, they looked at um, the most searched recipe uh, for Thanksgiving in each state. Now, we don't have time to go through uh, the 50 states. We can just cherry-pick a little bit. Um, As a native Michigander, I'm going to start there. And it looks like in Michigan, the most searched uh, recipe is for uh, dressing which is a little odd uh, off the bat. I call it stuffing. I have always called it stuffing. I feel like calling it dressing is a little bit more highfalutin in nature. So first I'm going to ask you, before we get into the regional breakdowns, House, what do you call it, stuffing or dressing? I call it stuffing as well. And I think that somebody has done uh, some research on the etymology. I think dressing specifically refers to 
stuffing that's been prepared inside the bird. I think that's that's right. right. I, I might have it reversed. Which well, you're not well, supposed maybe, to do anymore. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, it, there, there's uh, uh, there are not hygiene concerns, but uh, food health, food right. safety concerns. That's right, right, right. right. Yeah. So um, my home state uh, of, of Michigan, they're searching, it looks like, uh, uh, dressing. Um, next door to that uh, in Wisconsin, they're, um, they're looking up green bean casserole, which I'm going to just quickly question this because if you are an upper Midwesterner, I believe these days that you can't even get a driver's license without reciting by memory the recipe for green bean casserole. So I think that maybe the Google trends in uh, in Wisconsin are a little bit off. Um, I You want to talk about Thanksgiving controversy. There are people who just will not even look at a green bean casserole. I personally, the one thing I miss being in California for Thanksgiving is that this is not a green bean casserole friendly state. And my wife's family, I love them dearly. They make food, some of the best food I've ever had in my life. They will not even entertain the notion of a green bean casserole at the table. And look, you know, marriage is all about compromises. I'm, I'm here to, um, to, to fess up to that. But I really miss a green bean casserole this time of year. Does that, does that factor into your Thanksgiving? It has not been a tradition in my household, and I was, you know, born and raised in the D.C. area. No. And and I there are, you know, D.C. Uh, part of the character, the identity of D.C. is is the transplant effect. Folks coming from all over the sure. country, all over the world, sure. here to the D.M.V. Sure, and bringing with them their own traditions. So I I've been fortunate enough to enjoy a uh, delicious uh, version of of the green bean casserole, but it is not in my DNA. That. That uh, that makes sense. It's it's probably I think it's one of the most regional parts of the Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving table. There are some places where they wouldn't even dream of doing Thanksgiving without it, and then there are some places where it's just a completely foreign concept. It is not a um, how we say it photogenic dish. It does not look appetizing. I'm going to say that right right now. Um, but there's just something very comforting about it. it's it's adult baby food i'm not going to to deny that <laughs> well that 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 leads me to the question i was going to pose to you i've had it in a couple different kind of uh varietals and 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 presentations uh and and the consistency has sort of changed depending on the the who who's behind the stove right i've had it sort of in what i would characterize as kind of a soupy yep. kind of version yeah. and then i've had somewhere you it could kind of stand up a bit yep. uh on its own what 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 version is midwest proper uh it's it's definitely on the uh soupier more casserole-ish uh, end of the spectrum i mean look when you're talking about green bean casserole you're talking about um like food science at the dawn of um, mid-century. You're talking yes. about canned uh, cream of mushroom soup. You're talking about probably frozen green beans. Uh, and you're talking about canned um, French uh, dried onions. You're, you, I mean, you, you're really talking... Green bean casserole isn't just a dish. It's, it's a tour of history in, of like post-war America. You know, you, you're basically looking at all of the ingenuity that this country brought to the table, pun definitely intended, and you're putting it all together in one dish. Now, I mean, is that dish as inspirational as the moonshot 
Who's to say? You know, who's I don't know. Say, yeah. Who's, who's to, to say, Chief? Who's to say? Who's to say? But I just, I just like, I, I just want to take a quick moment to just venerate the whole idea of the green bean casserole. This we could do a whole other episode just on the green bean casserole as well. I'm not going to uh, waylay <laughs> us on on that. Um, well, I, I I have one one kind of final question. If if you replace any of those ingredients with a version uh, that's either not frozen or not out of a can. Right. Have you, have you spoiled the dish? Is the dish, is the dish ruined? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I, I think that, um, if you replace every single one and you make it so that it is completely, um, unrecognizable from the original, then I have no interest in it. But look, if you want to, I mean, look, I mean, like if, if I'm arguing that this was a dish born of American innovation, who am I to say that we shouldn't continue to innovate on it? Uh, okay. If you want to use fresh green beans, uh, that's fine. I did. Oh, well, see, that's, that's what I was going to ask. But, because but, I, that, a, a nice, crunchy, springy, fresh uh, green bean surrounded by the crunchy onion and the, uh, I don't know the correct. How, how would you describe the the viscosity of of <laughs> uh, of mushroom soup? I mean, cream of mushroom soup. Right. I don't know. I mean, n- n- not in any way that would be appetizing. I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. I really wouldn't. But you know, but the, the the thing is, is you can you can take the fresh and and if there's some crunch, that's fine. But I also want it. It's a casserole. Who makes yeah. a crunchy casserole? You know, right. it, let's let's Great actually point. like recognize it for uh, uh, for what it is. Um, well, I we, we we there are many stories to get to, and I don't want to. That this is absolutely worth um, the time that we've devoted to yes, it. No. I just want to take note of the great state of Georgia featuring yep. a honey baked ham. Absolutely right. So we, right. we we just covered this. We just talked about the propriety of of a ham on the table yep. next to a turkey. And here is the state of Georgia confirming, validating that that this is a tradition that that clearly precedes uh, both of us. Yep. And and you know, it also is weird though the idea that they would need to look up a recipe for it. I was going to say, yeah, I, I I honestly feel like there are Georgians right now who would just say like, what do you mean looking up a recipe? You know, this is like my like that when I googling the recipe means calling my grandmother uh, and just having her like tell me the recipe over the phone. So let's do let's do this, Chief. Um, we really appreciate the hard work that House Method has put into here. Great name, by the way, House mm-hmm, Method. Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll just gently call bullshit on this <laughs> on the idea that they went to Google Trends and that was like the source of all their information for this. Because a lot what they've done is is a very um, delicious looking. You mentioned this at the outset. Uh, map with with uh, it's, it's regional. Beautiful. Yeah, with regional uh, uh, dishes and yeah. and you know things that 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 are clearly belong to the to the Thanksgiving traditions all over the country, but it's not because people were looking up how to do that thing. That's right on Google, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. It, it, okay. it, it it gave us a lot to talk about, and we'll be thankful for that. All right, taste buds, quick break from this chat with the chief support for today's show comes from airbnb airbnb offers more than places to stay they have one of a kind activities as well and you don't need to stay in an airbnb home to book and experience now you can get a real taste of what it's like to eat like a local with cooking experiences so you go to a place 
and you sign yourself up for an Airbnb cooking experience, you can make and eat traditional meals with the people that know them best, like a sweet Italian grandma named Nona Narina. Nona has been rolling pasta by hand for eight decades. Eight decades? That's 80 years. Nona. She'll teach you how to make her famous ravioli, cannelloni, and fettuccine with fresh ingredients from the countryside. So many people have come to cook and eat in Nona's kitchen that she literally turned her tiny medieval village into its own pasta destination. This is in Rome, Italy. Cooking experiences are like being invited to a family dinner. Anywhere you go, you can check out on the internet. There is an Airbnb experience, cooking experience YouTube channel. All you have to do is get yourself to airbnb.com slash experiences. We were lucky enough a couple years, producer Kyle and I, we had a, a, a beautiful uh, walking tour in downtown Los Angeles of, of all of the uh, artisanal coffee uh, that downtown LA has to offer. Our homie, uh, hungry homie Jason Parker took us on that walk. But you can share a local meal with hosts like Nona Narina. Here's how you get there. Airbnb.com slash experiences. If you want to share a local meal with hosts like Nona Narina, Airbnb.com slash experiences. We're going to move on to um, Instacart did uh, a, a survey of how Americans really feel about Thanksgiving. And I'm going to approach this one with a little bit of trepidation because there's such uh, a current of um, counter-programming against Thanksgiving in the culture <laughs> right now. And, wow. you know, I've already, you know, I look, we've already, like, said that this show is open to, like, um, uh, innovation and creativity on Thanksgiving. But when we start talking about just like arguing against the meal, uh, like at its core, I don't think that that's really something that, that we're going to support on house of carbs. But listen, let me like tell you about the story and then let's actually like decide if my, if my, um, pessimism is going to be borne out. Um, Right here at the top, according to a new Instacart survey of more than 2,000 U.S. adults conducted online by the Harris Poll, majority of Americans, 87%, will attend Thanksgiving dinner this year. Okay, that's not a newsflash whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I'm so, surprised it's not 110%, I know, but I know. that's okay. Yeah, who, who's at 13%? So they, they then dig into um, the survey and they pull out um, quite a bit of, uh, 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 bullet points here. Um, they taught, there are a lot of people, this is understandable. A lot of people have a lot of trepidation about hosting Thanksgiving dinner, which, um, these days, especially really makes a lot of sense. You know, like people make dinner at home a lot less than they used to. People host a lot of people for dinner way less than they used to. So if there are a lot of people, especially a lot of young people who are nervous or resistant to that, that's understandable. You know, I mean, like, especially if, I, if it's like a lot of family, a lot of friends, there's a lot tied up in there. So totally agree. Those totally veins agree. of like Thanksgiving angst, I, I, I completely understand. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. You want to get it right. And, and each and every year, um, you know, palates change the, 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 who the ho hosts change, like even in my own family, the rotating responsibility and accommodating, you want to be sensitive to food allergies. You want to be yeah. sensitive to, you know, wherever somebody, all of a sudden 
my dad loves pumpkin cheesecake. Well, my my sister, who is a, a, a professional dessert maker, okay, um, as a hobby, you know, has has a, a, a pumpkin cheesecake, but I think that's going to replace a pumpkin pie altogether. Wow! And I have to tell you, I'm just fine with that. Okay, okay, you are a bigger man than I. I I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take take a lesson here. Um, further on down in the story, this is where um, I really just kind of stop understanding some of some of my neighbors here in this country. 68% of Americans secretly dislike a classic Thanksgiving food, but eat it anyway because of tradition. Okay, fine. The top offenders are, okay, number one, I'm very interested to know what you think about this house. Uh, at 29%, 29% of respondents do not like canned cranberry sauce. Where do you stand on the canned version? I um don't need it. I, uh, we had an opportunity with, with our, our boy, Adam Rappaport from Bon Appetit. I think cranberry is fine. I especially love what it does to the color of the table. Yeah. Um, and it's an addition there. I, if you're going to do canned cranberry, you might as well not do it. Like I'm fine with, with some fresh cranberry. Mm -hmm. There are so many easy recipes out there. Nobody needs to feel like it's an, an incredible amount of pressure. It's easy to make a fresh cranberry concoction. That's true. You can use it. I saw this, a beautiful uh, recipe. I don't recall where of, um, the cranberry leftover from a Thanksgiving meal inside of a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, that sounds delicious. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That sounds delicious. Oh yeah. So, uh I'm with I'm with America. Uh and I'm surprised it's only 29%. Like I could see that being a 50% disapproving of of the the canned cranberry. Yeah. I I feel like I've already gotten up on enough Thanksgiving soapboxes today, so I'm just going to step up on a quick one with this one. I I I get that. I don't need the canned version. I I think this year um my in-laws are making like a a, a like homemade cranberry relish, which will it will be better than the canned version. I that still have a terrific. it's 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 gonna be great. I still yeah. have a there's something about the memory of seeing the like the shape the perfect can shape of the cranberry sauce on the plate on the table that I just found hilarious when I was a kid. And then you just like slice off a part, like it's this cranberry loaf, which again, <laughs> that sounds gross, but a lot of this is tied up in like eight year old Craig just thought that was hilarious. So well, that was like, that's the nostalgia of our childhood. And that is the way it was presented. But you know, right. Fortunately, humankind continues to evolve. We've, right. we've, we've gotten smarter and better, but I, I certainly share yeah, the the um the the fond feelings for that for that nostalgia. That's right. Okay. I just so, don't want to eat it. Fit. That, that's fair. Fair. Fair enough. Um, yeah. another one on the list I find much more confounding. Twenty two percent of respondents do not like sweet potatoes or sweet potato casserole. One in five. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem so. I I I have a lot of questions when you start getting into those kinds of numbers. Yeah. I yeah I need to know where this poll was conducted. I True. mean, there are people that are going to hear that, that are going to lose their minds. Yeah. You're basically telling the entire South. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 this country that their, uh, uh, taste buds are out of whack right. and I just won't, I won't tolerate it, Craig. No, absolutely not. It's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's one of the pillars of the entire plate and, and it's why, you know, it's like any other time, any other day of the year, if you're like, well, you're going to have two potato dishes on your plate, you're like, well, no, that's not how you construct uh, a plate of food. That's ridiculous. Like the the singular logic of Thanksgiving means that, of course, you have the mashed potatoes because those are 
the like savory version of the potatoes. And of course, you're going to have the sweet potatoes because those are the sweet version of the potatoes. There is a yin-yang going on here. If you have one without the other, I, I don't know, does like the earth collapse in on itself? I just don't even understand like how things can keep going without those two uh, elements of the plate counteracting and, you know, working within perfect concert of one another. Plus, it's delicious. What is anyone talking about? It's so, what? it's, it, you can make it like 10 different ways and I'm perfectly happy with it, but I need something orange and sweet on that, on that table. And not only does it serve a, a, an important role, again, in the overall color palette, and I can't emphasize this enough, mm-hmm. the table laid out with all of the colors mm-hmm. of the Thanksgiving meal, you eat with your eyes, Chief. Absolutely. I know you know this, Absolutely. but this is one of the absolute uh, uh, beautiful and, yeah. and most uh, important and most impactful aspects of the entire Thanksgiving feast and having the luscious orange, the deep burnt timber of oh. of of uh the 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 yam the sweet potato m- mashed uh uh, uh ch- chopped yeah. in a casserole however you like to have it you need to have that orange to hold the whole table together lest we risk what you just described an entire thanksgiving black effing hole chief it's we a, can't have it it would be a calamity and you know you just brought up a really great point about the composition of the table. Now, I, I I could be wrong. Maybe a lot of families do this, but I don't think I've ever been to a Thanksgiving dinner where you don't you don't pass around all of the plates. And there's this whole element of the dinner where for the first 10 minutes, it's just this mess of like, oh, are we going this way? Or are we going this way? And at one point you have like, you know, like a thing of mashed potatoes in one hand and then you have like the salad bowl in another. And you're like, well, how the hell am I going to get one of these on the plates? And then like your neighbor's like, oh, here, I'll put it on your plate if you put it on my plate. And then finally there's all this work. There's just this like, there's this dance that goes along around the table. And then you finally dive in. And so there's this visual element to it that you just brought up so astutely. And there's this like communal element to it where, you know, you, it, everyone is kind of helping one another. There's always a little bit of kind of like very lovable confusion about which way the the, the plates are going. And then at some point there's like a traffic jam, you know, because it's like, oh God, Uncle Harry's always so slow. And then it's just, it's all right around him. But this isn't a dinner where you know, like everyone just comes out of the kitchen with like a perfect plate and they sit down and it's this like very just sort of like uh, clean, efficient affair. Thanksgiving, there's like, there's a mess to it. There's like a friction to it. And part of that, just like you said, is visual. And the color palette is so uh, important. And, you know, I, I live in California where like, you know, the traditional idea of autumn visually just doesn't really exist, which is, is very sad to me, but there's still, everyone knows what the fall color palette is. And that orangey brownie end of the spectrum is one of the most important colors. And if you don't have that on your table, I, it it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. What are you, what are you even doing? It is funny. I, I happen to kind of cherish the, the, uh, mini chaos of a fully assembled table and then getting the dishes passed around. I will say on the episode with Bon Appetit's Adam Rappaport, he he talked about an innovation in terms of the presentation of the food that was basically uh, amounted to buffet style. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have a dedicated table 
where most of the dishes go. And then on the actual table where there's eating, you can have gravy at, at both ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of the, the, the crucial uh, accompaniments. And then maybe you have the turkey in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of that table, but everything else is kind of you know you serve yourself buffet style. I I prefer you know the 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 uh, the gentle confusion yeah. of which way are we going? Is it clockwise? Is it counterclockwise? How is it? How are we going to get the stuffing from that end to this end? And and you know that that's part of the charm of the whole day. We're not in a big effing hurry, Chief. Absolutely right? not. No way. The, his, Adam's idea is um, easily the more logical, the more rational, the more efficient way to do it. This is one day of the year. <laughs> House, this is a day where I usually begin drinking scotch at about 11 a.m. I don't care <laughs> about efficiency whatsoever. I kind That's of right. want the whole thing to be a mess. So, yes. um, okay, so, like, I don't even know, like, the, the there are two more bullet points on this list. I might just, like, um, mention them. We can kind of just shake our heads and go on. 21% of people say that they don't like pumpkin pie, which I just, I can't even really wrap my mind around. And then 19% say turkey, which again, as we've already touched upon, if there's one dish that people are going to say, ah, I just don't really like it. I mean, look, like it's, I think it's just hard to get passionate about, about turkey. Uh, itself. Yeah. So that's that's fine. I'll yeah, that that is I'll fine. I that. pumpkin pie is a once a year kind of thing. So I, I I mean I can I'm not surprised to hear folks. I mean I think ma- mainly uh, this this uh, poll um, identified the most likely culprits with the with the the out uh, the gross mistake relating to the the sweet potatoes, yeah. but yeah. canned cranberry pumpkin pie. And turkey as the heart, as the anchor. I'm not that surprised to hear that yeah, those are the no, things. No, not a bunch of surprises. Chief, we got we got time for one more. Let, let, let's let's go out with a with a beautiful Thanksgiving bang. Okay, this is this is a fun one. Uh, Jimmy Dean's holiday gift exchange rewards participants with sausage scented wrapping paper. Let me read you a little bit here. Um, for the second year in a row, Jimmy Dean is promoting a holiday-themed recipe gift exchange, which is sort of like a secret Santa gift exchange, but only if you replace all the traditional rules of a secret Santa with sausage, photos of sausage, and sausage-scented wrapping paper. Uh, specifically, Jimmy Dean. So then they just ask him to do like some sort of like social media thing. Let me just get quickly to some of the um, ideas, th- things that people can select from. Participants can choose from sausage-scented wrapping paper, Fur-lined cowboy boot slippers equipped with a Jimmy Dean spur, sausage-flavored candy canes, lip balms flavored like maple and sausage, interesting, Uh, and knit socks uh, socks designed to look like uh, the sausage roll packaging, and a a glass sausage ornament that sadly does not smell like sausage. So there's sausage, like the sausage aroma is undeniably delicious and perfect. I don't know if I need it that divorced from the sausage itself. And, and, and to, if I may interject, obviously I agree that sausage in all its varieties and, and, uh, uh, concepts is, is, is delicious. I mean, you know, your, your Italian sausage that at night, with your your dinner meal, all of the breakfast sausage mm-hmm. versions that that emanate from the Jimmy Dean uh, corner of the of the world, but I only want to smell it if I'm about to eat it. So I think your point is exactly 
the right one. It needs to be in like close proximity. I, that that's the 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 sight, smell, uh, taste experience of sausage that needs to happen kind of all at once for me. When I see a candy cane, I just don't want to think about sausages. I just I think that, <laughs> and I lo- I love sausages. I love candy canes. You know, I would I would eat a sausage and then follow it up with a candy cane. There is a world in which I would do that. I don't need those two things uh, uh, fused together. Um, well, I, I, I admire Jimmy Dean uh, and its celebration of sausage. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to bat a thousand uh, every game. Right, no, right, Chief? That's right. That's right. By the way, I just checked and they're all out of stock. So, okay. Okay. So America, America might might disagree with us on this one, but but so it goes. <laughs> well, the novelty of it, and it sounds like a great gift for you know where the the holiday season is upon us for a white elephant thing. Uh, Absolutely, sausage flavored uh, lip balm. I mean, I I'd love to give that away. <laughs> Just not kissing right. anybody with it. <laughs> oh, Chief, boy. it's always a pleasure. It's going to be a delicious Thanksgiving. Absolutely. I wish. Uh, nothing but the best for you and yours. Do us a favor. Take a couple pics of your Thanksgiving table. We're going to get it. them up on at the House of Carbs on the IG because we're going to just going to load that sucker up with with Thanksgiving tables uh, for the next two weeks. You got it. And listen, if we're um, talking about Thanksgiving and being thankful really quickly, we have to be thankful for Kyle for really like the true captain of food news. Oh, shucks. Uh, you know, just once again, put together an incredible list. Kyle is, uh, I, it, I guess we're getting like a producer swap here. Kyle's going to still be doing amazing things here at The Ringer. Uh, food news will miss you. Uh, Kyle, you too as well have just a fantastic Thanksgiving. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Have a great thanks, one. Thanks, Chief. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, Taste Buds, as promised, Andrew Knowlton is right on his way. My thanks, as always, to the Chief for some sensational Thanksgiving food stories. Before we get to AK, I want to tell you about Aria Resort and Casino. Not that you, my Taste Buds, need an excuse to visit Vegas, but Aria Resort and Casino has everything from corner views in every room and award-winning dining to poolside pampering and five-star spa treatments. Aria embodies distinction from technology-advanced rooms to signature moments in the Aria Sky Suites and the Aria Tower Suites. The Forbes Travel Guide five-star rated Aria Sky Suites are an unrivaled hotel experience offering a level of service and personalization unlike anything in Las Vegas. The city's entertainment is not limited, hungry homies, to the stages, casinos, or pools because Aria is bringing the show to your table, the dining table, with their collection of chefs, restaurateurs, and unique dining concepts. Visit the Jean-Georges Steakhouse for specialty items like certified Kobe A5 and tableside smoked Wagyu brisket or taking the sights at Bardo Brasserie, including Beef Wellington, Carbone, captains guide you through dinner with Italian American masterpieces like the Dover Piccata at the Julian Serrano Tapas share authentic plates among friends like the Pata Negra and the newest edition catch brings an epic rendition of Asian influence 
sushi, seafood, and steak. All that excitement located at the center of the Las Vegas Strip, only at Aria Resort and Casino. Visit aria.com to see how they Vegas. Quick word also from our friends at Oris Watches. For over 115 years, Oris has been making purely mechanical watches in Holstein, Switzerland. Staying true to a rich heritage, Oris is one of the few Swiss watch companies to remain independently owned and operated because of its independence. Oris has the freedom to follow its own path. They're focused on bringing change for the better, which means making choices that are ecologically, socially, and financially responsible. And that includes ocean conservation and recycled plastic partnerships. Of course, that's along with Oris's century-long commitment to making inventive, high-functioning, Swiss-made watches that serve a real purpose and at prices that make sense. The best possible watch for the money. They've got four themes at Oris. They have a diving, aviation, motorsport, and culture. Those Oris watches are made for everyday wear. You shop the many different unique styles at O-R-I-S.ch slash carbs. Not dot com. It's dot C-H. Make sure you find one that's your style and suits your taste. O-R-I-S dot C-H slash carbs. Now let's get in that belly with the homie, Andrew Knowlton. All right, my taste buds, on the line right now, he is a friend of the pod. You've heard him on a whole variety of topics, including the best new restaurants in the United States of America, including an incredible eating tour he went on with competitors in the Tour de France. He is the editor at large for Bon Appetit and now a restaurateur down in Austin, Texas. Andrew Knowlton, what's happening, buddy? What's up, House? Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. They're they're right upon us. And now we were exchanging notes. We were supposed to be in each other's company over the weekend and, and some stuff happened on, and I wasn't able to uh, join you and then our pal Adam Rappaport in the celebration of his 50th birthday. But um, we were exchanging notes and, and you are now firmly ensconced down there in Texas. And I uh, have a feeling that you have some views now, as as a as a genuine, what do you call a person from Texas? A Texan. A Texan, <laughs> yes, a Texan, a real Texan on how Texas does Thanksgiving, and I don't think it's the way the rest of the country does Thanksgiving. Well, how you know my my um, being heretical started like ten years ago, I would say, where I didn't go home for Thanksgiving for the first time, and it takes a lot to like totally disengage from your family and be like, okay, I got this new family. I got kids. I'm going to start my own tradition. I'm not going to go through the airport. Busiest travel day of the year. None of that garbage. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start my own traditions. I'm going to have like, I started doing a smoked goose. Still did my mom's green beans. I did a few other things and that continued. And then since I moved to Texas, this will be our second Thanksgiving. The whole thing, all the shit is just flown out. Like, I'm totally not doing what you should be doing for Thanksgiving. But then, talking to all my Texan friends now, they're like, that's the beauty. They're like, Thanksgiving is dominated by the Northeast, by New England, where it's cold and harsh. 
and everyone's angry up there. And all they want to do is eat carbohydrates and sit on the couch. And down in Texas right now, it's 80 degrees. I don't want stupid turkey. I don't want, I do want stuffing, but I don't want three stuffings. So this year, I'm like, forget the turkey altogether. We're smoking a brisket. We're going to smoke a turkey breast so we can have meat for sandwiches. We're not even going to do rolls or bread. We're doing fresh flour and corn tortillas. We're going to have cranberry sauce, but instead of just cranberry sauce, we've got three different types of salsa, a green salsa, a salsa mancha, and then a rojo uh, uh, salsa. And then the stuffing's got like chorizo in it because that's Mexican chorizo. I'm speechless. I I don't know where to go from here, Um, (laughs) but let let me try this. In in terms of your own polling of your new Texas neighbors, how prevalent is this Texas-centric, this brisket-centric approach to, to Thanksgiving? All I can tell you is when I go to the meat stores here, you know, in, in the Northeast, there's a lot of, there's just turkeys. Like, there's everywhere you look, there's these huge containers of turkeys. And maybe you have somebody doing a goose or a duck. But you look at the meat cabinet here, there's like porchetta. There's like all kinds of Texas beefsteaks. There's duck. There's all these different cuts. Like people make fajitas for Thanksgiving. I'm like, that sounds crazy, right? But then I'm like, I love eating fajitas. That's what I want to eat. So I think, yeah, you still get your people who are trapped into nostalgia and tradition because that's a hard thing to break from. But it seems just like when 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 you have the capability to grill out when it's 80 degrees during Thanksgiving, you don't want to sit inside and roast the turkey in the oven. You want to be outside drinking a beer with a koozie. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people do. A lot of the bread's not that good down there either. And I, it took me a lot to figure out why. And it's because they don't make bread. They make tortillas. And they're delicious. So why fight it? I'm just going to make tacos. Adam Rappaport, editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit, is coming down this year to Austin to visit my family for Thanksgiving, and I don't know what he's going to think. He might just be run back to New York to save that that bubble that he lives in. I, I'm worried that he's going to be one of the angry Northeasterners. Uh, well, I, I, I like what you're describing here. A lot of this, um, in terms of this alternative Thanksgiving universe, is born out of the the regional identity of Texas. So Texas all by itself has its own distinct, you know, place in this great nation of ours. It 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 wants to hold itself out as being, you know, uh related but different. And God bless, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks. And obviously the enormous uh immigrant population and the identity of of Texas as a multicultural hub so that what you're describing certainly fits that that profile also how much of of what you're talking about in the way of a a texas thanksgiving meal would you say is an f you to the rest of the country i think texas is an f you to the rest of the country just in general that's a great point there's no there's no place that I've been. And granted, I lived in the South, which is a pretty strong foothold, and I've lived in New York City for 25 years, and now Texas. Nobody is more proud of where they are than Texans, even if they have 
no reason to be that proud, they're still proud about it. Like, nobody has that, like, you got a UT game. Like, there's two-year-olds that are hooking horns, like, when you go to the grocery stores. I've never seen that fervent thing. And so I think that this tradition of, like, you know what? Uh, you know, California, I don't need, you know, all your different salads. And, yeah, you get the most amazing produce year-round. It's not 22 below zero like it is in Minnesota or in New York. Here it's 75 degrees, and we're going to eat the food we want to eat. And that, that tradition is is barbecue. So, like, last year I remember, you know, walking around, playing a little football in the yard. It sounds like a barbecue bonanza. Like, you just smell everybody smoking all kinds of different things. And it's like, it makes sense. Like, you don't want to eat that heavy food, that that kind of heavy food, when it's not hot. And I think it took me, and even though I worked at Bon Appetit and, and still worked there for so long, like, look at California. It's beautiful out there. Like, why should they be held captive to this New England, Northeast kind of a headlock that they have on everybody? When you break away from it, it really makes you think about, like, wow, the New England dominates the way we think about food during Thanksgiving. Well, and I will say, uh, you know, one of the things that we're learning here at House of Carbs, and we really try and, and go out of our way to, to be in, in, in the service of the people, all the hungry homies out there, we have seen and, and discussed some other Thanksgiving traditions. We, we had a gentleman on last year. We talked about weed Thanksgiving. Where uh, nice. there was the the, the the THC and the CBD infused and and all all the other kind of um, properties of of your marijuana version, and then we had you know we we our, our beloved uh, Robert Brown um, wrote a piece for Bon Appetit last year celebrating his version of Black Thanksgiving um, that that you know comes from his experience down in Atlanta, Georgia, and you know what you see through some of these other iterations is, is, you know, different uh, cultural and regional traditions. Rembert's plate, for instance, starts with Turkey, ham and, and meatloaf meatloaf on Thanksgiving. I three meats. Yeah. Wh- where, what is that all about? Wh- what kind of yeah. meatloaf and what, what goes into it? But I, I, you're, you're a transplant uh, down there in Texas. So I don't want to make you responsible for articulating the entire history of Thanksgiving uh, in Texas, but what is your impression uh, now as a transplanted Texan of how long it's been going on this way, and and you know over time, what what are what have the become like the centerpieces of of the Texas Thanksgiving? Well, you, you mentioned it. It's like it's the immigrant populations. You know, it, it was first at least in Austin, like Hill Country. It was the German Czechs moving down here. Uh, obviously, they didn't have a lot of pigs down here. They had cows, so that's why they started doing beef barbecue. And they started making sausages out of all the trimmings because a lot of them were German Czech, and they knew how to do that. And then you get the you know you get the Mexican population, the Mexican American population. You get start getting breakfast tacos, and then you start getting you get start getting brisket tacos, and all these kind of amalgamation. And I think. It's simply just this thing of like, we eat this way year round. And the number of people that are smoking, they, they might still have turkey, but they're smoking that turkey or they're doing like smoked turkey legs. Um, or even, you know, right now is tamale season down here where you'll be in a dive bar and a gentleman will walk in selling you tamales. 
and that's a huge thing around uh, just after Thanksgiving uh, during Christmas is like the tamales are everywhere. Down there. So I think it, it's all about that immigrant population. That's like, and you mentioned before, like what, you know, a Philippine, a Filipino uh, Thanksgiving or, you know, a Vietnamese, like those are the most exciting things. Like, cause I don't know the new England Thanksgiving, I don't mean the poop on it, but like, it's pretty bad. Like it's not great. You know well, what I mean? It, it can be bad if it's not like well executed. I mean, we 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 have innovated. It, the, the nice thing about uh, the you, you know humankind and 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 especially uh, Americans is the, is our ingenuity and our resolve to constantly you know improve on things. And so uh, right. while while the the traditional spread you know can can get stale it doesn't have to be stale you know folks have, have gotten smart i've had uh brussels sprouts with bacon show up on my thanksgiving table that's not something that i was doing 25 years ago and i i i my dad wants a uh, pumpkin cheesecake as the dessert he doesn't want pumpkin pie wow. and so my sister's gonna make pumpkin cheesecake that's pretty effing good what do you what do you think ak well, I just, I just think tradition and, and nostalgia is a really hard thing to overcome when you're talking about food. I mean, how else do you explain my love of Waffle House? Like, that food is not that good. And it's, I'm usually there only after midnight. But I will go to my grave defending the Waffle House against naysayers. And that's extremely just because of tradition and nostalgia. And Thanksgiving is the same exact way. It actually scares people to break away from what their families did or to say, you know what, mom and dad, uh, we're going to not come home this year. We're going to kind of do our own thing. We'll honor you by having your cranberry dish, but we're going to start our own tradition. So I would encourage your hungry homies. I would encourage this year, pick one dish. You can still do all the normal stuff that you do. Even if you're going home to your parents, you're going over to your laws or wherever you're going, pick one dish out of the blue that you want on the Thanksgiving table that makes you happy and just do it and see what happens. People think the world's going to crash down on them, but it doesn't. And then it'll open your way, your window up. And next thing you know, you're going to move to Austin, Texas and you're going to be smoking brisket on Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're liberating Thanksgiving here. It's an incredible, incredible mind expanding experience i'm not sure what what kind of mind altering uh, experiences you might have undertaken at rapaport's birthday but look <laughs> this is this is what it's all about here at house of carbs we want to make sure that the palate is open to all of our taste buds out there i'm going to let you go in a minute but i have to hear about the goose the goose is just I, you started with the goose. I need to end with the goose. What is this goose all about, Andrew Knowlton? So this, this is, the goose is from Schilt Farm, and, and I recommend you can do it for Christmas. You can do it for Hanukkah. You can do it for Thanksgiving next year. You can do it this year. Schilt Farm, S-C-H-I-L-P-Z, out of North Dakota. It might be South Dakota. Don't, don't, hate, don't hate me, goose, South Dakota, North Dakota. Goose from the Dakotas. We're getting goose from the Dakotas, okay? It is, it is like if, if, if a turkey and a pastrami sandwich like had a love child, that's what it tastes like. It tastes like duck confit. It tastes like the best turkey you've ever had, and it comes cooked. And all you have to do is put it in the oven for about two hours. The skin gets crackly and crunchy, just like Peking duck that you would have at a Chinese restaurant. 
And then when you slice the meat, it looks like a, a, a pastrami sandwich. And, and oh. I swear to God, I've served it for 15 years now. It's been recommended in Bonapetit every year that they'll let me put it in. And every time somebody cooks it, I get a DM being like, what the hell was I thinking? Why didn't I start that tradition earlier? And Rappo's never had it. And he's going to have it this year, and I'm sure he's going to come on your show, and you're going to want to talk about something else, but the only thing he's going to want to talk about is the smoke I I can't. So here here's how you just got me. You just I'm all the way in. I didn't even know that I was going to be out here shilling for Schiltz. Shilling for the Schiltz goose. Am I saying it right? Schiltz? Yeah, Schiltz. 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 Not Schlitz. Yeah, not Schlitz, the old beer, but Schiltz. I'm going to shill for Schiltz. It comes prepared. All you have to do is pop it in the oven. Am I understanding you correctly? That is all you have to do. Oh, my God. I I, I mean, they they still, it's it's uh, Monday, 5 o'clock East Coast time. Do you think they have any gooses left? You, you, you should, I mean, you tell them that Milton sent you. Readers, tell them <laughs> that Milton sent you. They might be able to get it out. They might be able to get it out. <laughs> The Knowlton, the Knowlton promo code. That's it. And, and K-N-O-W-L-T-O-N. Uh, Andrew Knowlton, thank you so much. We've we've freed up Thanksgiving for all the taste buds, all the culinary comrades out there. You are welcome at any time. Thank you for this revelation, my friend. I'm saving you some brisket. I'm saving some brisket for you. I appreciate it. All right, my taste buds, we have a lot to be thankful here at House of Carbs. Our thanks to the Chief Craig Gaines. Our thanks, as always, to Andrew Knowlton. Our thanks, as, as really always, to the nephew, Kyle, the producer on House of Carbs. Since its inception, we might be shuffling the deck chairs a, a little bit here in terms of our production capacity, but nephew Kyle is going to be around. He can't stay away from the dining room table, my friends. You know this about the nephew, Have a great Thanksgiving, nephew Kyle. Have a great Thanksgiving, all of you. And if you like, please send us pictures of your beautiful spread. We'll put them up on our Instagram at the House of Carbs. We want to see your feast. Everybody have a beautiful and delicious Thanksgiving holiday. We'll talk to you next week.